your dads. So um, if we could have, actually, all of our dads stand up. If you're a father, stand up. Go ahead, dads, stand up. We want to thank God for you. It's a good thing. It's an awesome thing. (laughs) Stay standing, dads. I hope you heard the message, dads, in that video, that the simple thing of your presence matters, that it's a big deal, that you could be doing a thousand other things. You could be at the beach, watching golf, watching the World Cup, whatever, and you chose this morning to be here. And your Father in heaven is honored by your presence, but your presence sets an example for this church, young, old, men and women, it sets an example. We want to pray for you, we want to bless you. The reality is this, we were talking about this yesterday as we were praying for this uh, day uh, yesterday, that often in our society, dads and men kind of get a beat down for all the, th- where we're told all the things that we don't do right and not celebrate often for all the good things that we do. And we want to change that in the way that we speak and pray this morning. But I also want all of our men, the reality is this, there's a lot of you that are not yet physically, you know, fathers. But the, the truth is, the church, the body of Christ needs lots of men to be spiritual fathers. The children by leading by example, but also by being intentional. We want to honor all of our men. So if you're an adult male, you're 18 or older, would you stand up and join these guys as well? So if you're 18 or older, just go ahead and stand up, because we want to pray for you. And here's the deal. All you men, yeah, thank you. Because the truth is, all you men are doing what um, our macho culture would say is not a good thing to do. You're here in the morning seeking Jesus instead of doing what you want to do for yourself. And maybe, I'm assuming you want to be here, but the bottom line is you're doing the right thing. Today, after service, for all of you men that are standing, uh, in the lobby classroom, so if you go through our lobby, there's a classroom right there. We have, I think, four ladies that are serving root beer floats for all of you. Guys, we want to bless you and just say thank you for being godly men today and showing up. But now we want to pray for you. So ladies and men under 18, would you extend your hand to these men, these men, not men's, I, I can talk, right? These men. And let's pray God's blessing over them this day. Lord, we thank you for every man that you've brought here this morning, that they matter to you and that you have a plan and a purpose for their lives. And we just want to be like you, Dad, and speak blessing. We know that the enemy of their soul will tell them, all, remind them of all their failings. We know often our culture, our society will remind men of all their failings. But today we want to speak the words of our Father in heaven blessing. We want to say to them, well done, good and faithful servant. We want to encourage them to keep seeking you. We want to say well done by simply being here this morning, by choosing this day to start your day and your week by worshiping God, by being in the presence of the living God. We say well done and we thank you for doing that this day. Lord, bless them abundantly. Increase faith in these men. Lord, give them wisdom Grant them favor. Fill their hearts to overflowing with more and more and more of you, Jesus. May they truly live as examples of what it means to be a man surrendered to their heavenly Father. So bless them, keep them, cover them, encourage them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You awesome men can be seated. Thank you for being with us this morning. Pastor Chris now is going to go over some of our upcoming events. Okay, good morning, New Life Church. All right, we're all awake in here. I love it. Uh, A couple of events coming up. First, this week is our once a month food pantry distribution. And so, um, just as a reminder, we do this once a month and we give out free food to anybody that needs it in our church family or in our community. So, if you need some food, need some help this week, 
Or if you know somebody, please bring them here. This is a ministry for, that's open to anybody that I just mentioned. We will distribute the food from 3 o'clock till 6 p.m., or actually till the food runs out. Um, sometimes it's been around 5 lately, <laughs> just so you know. Um, and that will be this Wednesday. If you would like to help with that, we can use help anywhere from in the morning to um, getting set up to the afternoon when we actually distribute the food to then afterwards when we clean up afterwards. So if you'd like to help out with that, you can sign up at the concierge table. And anything else that I mentioned here today, if you have any questions or would like to sign up, you can do that out at our information table out on the deck there. Um, next, we just prayed for all the men. That was really exciting, so I want to follow up with that. So men, I would like you all to say, I am awesome. Okay, and this is just for the men, so that was good, men. And, and everybody is awesome. They, you all are awesome. You are. But you are awesome, Pastor Amy. But at this moment, I'm just celebrating the men and want to talk to the men for a second. Yeah, okay. So now that, that was the practice round. Now this time, I want you to turn to somebody next to you and, and say, I am awesome and I can't even help it. Go ahead, say it. All right, good. Because the truth is, man, you are awesome. But sometimes, actually, maybe more than sometimes, we don't hear that out in the world in our daily lives. And it's really, really important every once in a while to go and to get with the Lord and remember that we are sons, that he has made us awesome sons, men of the high king. And this, uh, in a week from this weekend, we have our, an our annual men's retreat, and we will go and be reminded that we are awesome, that the Lord did make us, that he has plans for us. And so I want to encourage every man to come to the men's retreat this year. It will be down in Oxnard, um, as it was last year. With, uh, we'll be gathering with other churches. It's an incredibly, incredibly powerful time of worship and letting the Lord just speak to us as men. Today, after the service, you'll be as you go to get your root beer float, Will, can you raise your hand there? Will will be uh, have a table there, and he can help you sign up. The sign-up is online, and it's on a Friday night and then a Saturday day. And if you'd like to stay down there, you can also sign in uh, to get a hotel. Um, we just would like to invite every single man to do that, to, to come and know that, that you are important, wanted, desired, and I promise you, you will have a good, good time. After the last session, our church will be gathering together for probably like a pizza dinner or something like that, and to kind of debrief the time, and we'll give you more details about that later. Okay, we have, it's summertime, folks. Does everybody know that? I know it because all four of my kids are home all day long. I don't know about you guys, but it's definitely different. And I, I love it. I love it not as much as they do, but I love it. <laughs> but um, there's a few things that we have some great traditions in this church family. Um, and they're coming up soon, and so I want to remind you about them. And we need to put our hands together uh, to make these things happen. The first thing is we have Church in the Park on July 6th. That's just a few weeks away. I heard a little woo. This is like the most fun you'll ever have in a church service, I promise you. Um, we, we go out to UCSB and have church on a beautiful lawn overlooking the lagoon. It's absolutely gorgeous. We do this with um, a couple other churches, or at least one other church. Uh, and then afterwards, we have lots of fun. We have bouncers for the kids. We have cotton candy and popcorn and games and all kinds of stuff. This is a great outreach opportunity. So even now, I want to encourage you, be thinking, Lord Jesus, who could I invite to this? Because you're, it's not in a church. It's, it's not an intimidating environment at all. Uh, and doesn't feel religious because we're just going to the park. So be asking the Lord, Lord, who can I invite to come to this um, and maybe expose them uh, to the gospel while having a good time with them? Uh, with that, the entire thing is all run by um, our church and the other church, so it's kind of an all-hands-on-deck. If you are available and planning to go, if you could help with this, that would be terrific. We have all kinds of things. Everybody can help, so um, there's sign-ups out there. We need help setting up, 
running the bouncers for the kids. If you like to make cotton candy or you never have and you always wanted to, you can sign up for that um, or all kinds of things. So you can get more information out there, but please um, do sign up so we can get our team together. Next up, um, we're having our, our annual golf tournament shortly after that on July 11th. And this year, let's see, Craig, Bill, and Carl, if you're here, could you stand up real quick just for a moment? This year, we're really excited. In the previous years, this fundraiser has been initially just for the building, and then last year we did half for the building and half for our way, and this year, all of the money that we raise is going to go towards the crib orphanage in Burundi, Africa, so we're really, really excited. These three men that quickly stood up and sat back down are running, are in charge of this event, and could use help for uh, recruiting whole sponsors, for getting prizes, and just or organizing the event overall. So here, guys, just raise your hand. I won't make you stand up again. But if you would like to help out with the golf tournament, see one of these three men, please. And then last, at the end of July, we're going to go out into our community and literally help them uh, help clean up the city. And so I'm really excited about this, you guys. I, I love that in our church, we don't just stay inside these four walls. We are the church. This building is not the church. And so when the church goes out and loves the community, it has a tremendous impact. And so that's what we're going to go do is partner with all kinds of people, other churches and Christians and non-Christians, and go clean up our, our city together. And so make sure you mark that on your calendars. That's on July 26th. Thank you, Chris. I need that. Um, just a um, reminder that to even today as we talk in a moment about the Father's heart, that we want to give away all that he's given us. In just a second, we're going to collect the Connect cards, but I have one other announcement. We've been talking about this for a while, but this fall, date to be determined, but sometime this fall, we are launching another church service. Not here, but out in our community, on the east side for kids. I feel it's a very unique opportunity that God is giving us and placed on my heart and the heart of our leadership to reach young children on the east side. And so if you are interested in any way, and there are so many ways you can get involved, you could literally help with, you know, baking dessert for the kids um, that we would love to get. We want to feed them every single week or helping food service or helping with organization or helping just be transportation help and getting kids to wherever we're gathering. If you want to be on the team and show up once a month and help just be a part of what we're doing. Uh, we need lots of help. I did mention this before in our church, to our church family that I believe the, the frontline leaders of this are going to be our young people, 20-somethings and younger. But we need adults that are 50, 60, and 70 as well to be a part of this, to love kids to Jesus. When, I, when the Lord spoke to me about this at the beginning of the year, literally what I saw in my mind's eye as I was praying, I was at a, a leadership meeting for our denomination, I saw like 40 or 50 kids all being water baptized at East Beach. And, I, and something just leapt up in me and I knew it wasn't just some crazy dream that I had made up. And so if you want to be a part of that in any way, shape, or form, we want to know who's on board and who can we share this vision with in more detail and find a place for all of us Go to the concierge table after church today and put your name on that list. Amy and I are going away for a little bit for our anniversary after uh, church today, and so I'll be gone next week. But when we get back, I want to look at that list and know who I can begin to contact to begin to build our team and prepare to do something spectacular in the fall and beyond. So with that, go ahead and pass out the baskets and collect the Connect cards. And you know, we didn't do this. We always do this. But as we're collecting the Connect cards, can we welcome all those that are visiting our church for the first time today? Let them know that we're glad they're here this morning. I pray that you all feel welcome this morning by the presence of the living God, that you feel in this place, that, that it's a warm, safe family for you to be yourself and find Jesus and being transformed by his presence and his Holy Spirit. 
So we will certainly as you're, and now if you didn't have time, I understand that some of you, you would pass out the baskets and you're like, oh, I want to write a prayer request. You can just hold on to this. We have uh, boxes by both doors and just put those in on your way out as well. If you feel like there's something else you don't have time to put on, you can do that later. Now, while they're collecting those connect cards, get out your Bibles or your smartphone or Google Glass or whatever you came here today and uh, turn to Luke chapter 15. Does anyone do I'm not, I haven't seen anyone do this, like on there. No one here has Google Glass yet. So go ahead and find Luke 15. If you are actually uh, looking at some online device, I'm reading from the ESV version. If that helps you out and you want to follow along directly with me, if you have like, you know, um, version or one of those Bible programs, you could just click to ESV, and that's what I'm reading about uh, from today. But today I want to talk about the Father's heart. I'm going to read a story that's probably familiar to many of you. Uh, the, the story of the prodigal son, but I want us to really look to our father's heart this day. I've about, I don't know, it's probably a month or so ago, just anticipating, Lord, what do you want me to share with our church congregation on Father's Day morning? And I really felt like he wanted me to share the heart of a father. Uh, I am one, but I am not the one that you need to look to. And so from the perspective of a father who knows the father, I want to share with you his heart for you this morning. And while you are finding that passage, I know Pastor Chris talked about the golf tournament, but this last weekend, we had an amazing event take place here on Friday night. Um, the reason this heart is back here, I asked it to stay because I'm talking about the Father's heart. It really fits the background for the theme of today's message, but you, I don't know if you can read it on there. It says heartbeat, and this uh, past Friday night, we had heartbeat. It's uh, an event that uh, Natia Kasai and a, a number of our young people and and, and uh, leaders in our church put together. I love the fact that our church staff did this much work for it. Nothing. We just showed up. It was really cool to release our people to uh, take dreams that God's placed in their heart and do something with it. But we had, it was basically a variety show, a sharing of artistic talent. Uh, there was an art exhibit downstairs in our youth room that's still being renovated uh, where people could have a si silent auction and purchase art. And we had an opera singer up here, tango dancers, improv musicians, uh, spoken word. It was awesome. It was really, really cool. And uh, we don't know the dollar figure yet. I know at the very least, without even adding up two other figures, I believe that we, we raised at least $1,200. That was just from the silent auction. And so that doesn't count ticket sales or food or people that just donated. So uh, that money is going to support Crib. And so I'm hoping with, between that and the golf tournament, I would love if we could send to Chrissy and the orphans in Burundi, you know, seven to $10,000. So if you agree, man, just pray with me that God could do that. Because I think it'd be awesome. And, it, that, and that's why when Pastor Chris said, hey, help these three guys out, honestly, we could, it'd be great. I mean, a golf course has 18 holes. It'd be awesome if we had 36 companies that were whole sponsors that gave money to this, this golf tournament. Uh, that would be awesome. Uh, this past week, uh, my, my wife Amy and I and uh, Tim and Katie Brock, Tim and Katie are going to Burundi this fall as missionaries to help out at CRIB, uh, which stands for Children Rescued in Burundi. But uh, we had a Skype conversation, a Skype chat with Chrissy Chapman. And I wanted to share a little bit of that uh, conversation before we get to the word this morning. But many of you know that Chrissy, if, if you were here when she spoke, she's had a pretty crazy life journey and uh, many times has seen God supernaturally heal her and save her life. And, I, and many of you had heard about, I don't know, it was maybe two or three months ago, I'd sent out a report to let you all know that they had found... Um, something in the back of her head. They were sure that it was some type of skin cancer. And if you know her story, she's had two different 
uh, types of breast cancer and had to have a double mastectomy years ago. And so there was a lot of worry that here we go again. And uh, it was pretty serious. And so she was actually going to come out to visit us in Santa Barbara and had to change those plans. She's English. And so she had to go to England to have this taken care of, to have it removed. And they, were gonna, and they said they were going to dig deep. So there's going to be scarring. It was a pretty big deal. And then to do radiation and hope to uh, eliminate all the cancer. Well, the good news I shared, I think, a week ago with you all is that she went, they, they removed this growth or whatever it was on the back of her head, and then the doctor came a couple days later and said, we don't need to do any radiation. You are fully clear. All the cancer is totally gone. Yeah, which is awesome, awesome news. And the, the email that she sent said, I would be doing the happy dance right now, but the back of my leg hurts so much from the skin graft. And so when we were on Skype with her, she said, I want to share something with you. And she said, you, you would not believe God's hand on all of this. One, she's living with someone right now that is well off financially. And as they're hearing her story, believes in her, is helping pay for her to publish her life story in a book. And, um, and so she's already written a summary of 11 chapters of her crazy, awesome, wonderful journey. And someone's going to help get that produced and distributed, which will touch, I, I believe, thousands of lives. And that wouldn't have happened had she not gone uh, for the surgery. Uh, but secondly, she said in, in England, they have socialized medicine. And so when she went to go have her surgery, it, it was going to take a long time for her to get in line. So she had to pay for private, you know, practice to take care of her. And so she went to a plastic surgeon to take care of the stuff on her head using a graft in the back of her thigh. And when she, when she walked in, the plastic surgeon said, I'm doing this for free. I'm not going to charge you one penny. And so she was overwhelmed, went ahead and had the procedure done. And then afterwards, when she went back just to kind of check things out, the, the plastic surgeon said, well, I told you I would do this for free, but there is one charge. There's one, one request in this. You must allow me to go to Burundi and help those that are there that need similar things. Yeah. And so this is what Christy said to us. It's so cool. This is, what, this is what she said. It's the first time in my life I'm glad that God did not heal me immediately. Because, because he brought me here, I'm going to be able to tell my story in a book, and the world's going to hear it. And now someone, she said, I told him, now I can't believe it. Because of what I've gone through, someone's going to go back to Burundi, where they really, where their people, because of war wounds and all kinds of things, really need plastic surgery, and someone's going to come and help them out. God is good all the time. And so even when three months ago, Christy gets this report, God was good then. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew he needed to get Christy out of Burundi and into England to help Burundians, but also to tell his story through her life to the world. He is really good all the time. And that's what I want to talk about today, the heart of our Father, who is good all the time. So if you do me a favor, hopefully by now you all found uh, Luke chapter 15 and whatever device, gizmo, or actual piece of paper that you have in front of you. And I want us to pray, because the Bible says, without the help of the Holy Spirit, none of us can understand the mind of God, the word of God. So let's pray. If you want to, you can put your hand over your heart. That's the place God speaks to us. And let's pray that we'd gain understanding together this morning. Lord, we thank you that you are good all the time. Thank you for the great report from Burundi and Eastern Africa and the things in, and from England, what you're doing in Christie's life. We just celebrate and we say, yes, God, thank you for being good all the time. We pray now that you would send your Holy Spirit to us and illuminate the word of God. Give us understanding. Uh, Holy Spirit, give us eyes to see what we need to see today. Let us hear your still, small voice and give us courageous hearts that would not just hear but apply what you're teaching this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
Well, beginning in verse 11 of chapter 15, you can follow along in your Bible or just listen to me as I do my best to clearly read this passage to you. So, and he, Jesus, said this in verse 11. There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And so he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. There was his inheritance. Took whatever that property was worth, got cash for it. And it says he squandered it in reckless living. Verse 14. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. He, he was longing to eat pig slop. So he was so hungry. He was long, longing to eat pig slop. And no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, got alert, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have uh, more than enough bread but here I will perish with hunger. I'll arise, I'll go to my father, and I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose, verse 20, and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my, this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field and as he came and drew near the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the, one of the servants and asked him what these things meant. He said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I've served you and I've never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. But it was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and he is found. I want to talk today about the father's heart. And I want to just say this up front. I've been praying uh, sincerely this week and just in particular just knowing that for many people, you just mentioned the word father and stuff begins to stir in them. You mentioned the word father, and often for many people, pain begins to rise. Pain maybe because his father's dead. He's no longer here. And so you miss your father. But for many people also, the, 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 the reminders of times maybe you were rejected by your father begins to kind of well up in you. Or the lack of relationship even today begins to bring a, a deep wound to you. And as a father and as your pastor, I know that one of the things that really holds back the body of Christ and believers from being who they've called to be is what I would call and what Gordon Dalby calls a father wound. That, that, that broken relationship with our physical father, it often translates to how we look to this father in heaven. 
And I want to encourage you today that God is here and he wants to speak to you. That he wants to deliver you from not being the full person that God has called you to be. To not fully embracing yourself as dad's daughter or dad's son. Not fully trusting dad. So many of us turn to things other than dad to fulfill who we are. To get us through whatever pain we're facing in life. And I want to encourage you today to really look at the father's heart. To know his, his desire for you and all that father has for you this morning. So Dave, you're taking notes. The first point I see in this passage is this, that our father's gaze is always upon us, that our father's gaze is always upon us. And he arose and came to his father, this person in this parable that Jesus taught. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. Here's what I hear God saying to you today. So it's praying this past week. You are not invisible. You're not invisible, that you are visible to your Father in heaven. He sees you. In this story that Jesus tells, we know the sun takes off, and it's not just for a week or two, because it says while he was out having fun, a famine arose. Well, we don't, famines don't happen like in a day, and the results of a famine certainly don't happen in a day. We, you know, we know here in our own city, right, we're, we're facing drought issues, right? Well, it didn't happen overnight. It happened over a few years and now our water bills are going up, and we can't wash our cars and our lawn, and we had someone that wanted to do a car wash in our parking lot for a fundraiser. We said, we can't. You can't do that. Our neighbors would kill us if we did that. They would think we're being insensitive to where we're at as a people and as a community right now. We're not doing car washes while we don't have enough water in our community. But that takes time, right? So this sun was gone for quite a bit of time. How long? We don't know, but in the story, we just can imagine it's probably at least a year or two or at least a season. It wasn't a few weeks. And it's very interesting, you read this story, it says, while he was far off, dad saw him. This is why far off, coming home, dad saw him. It says to me in this passage that dad's gaze is always upon us. For some of you in your relationship with Father God in heaven, you feel very distant. Maybe you, like this young man, have made choices recently of late or for a season of your life where you have pulled yourself away from father just like this son. The Bible tells us that Jesus will never leave or forsake us, that God is not going to leave us. Yet we certainly have the right and the ability to remove ourselves from Father God. And so for some of you, maybe you're like this son. There's been a long season, a short season, or maybe it's back and forth. You're kind of close, then you're far away. And I want you to hear this, that dad's gaze is upon you, that he looks to you. He sees what's going on. And just like the father in this story, while you're still far off, starting to slowly turn back towards him making choices, especially those of you that this is your regular church family, as God has clearly been stirring a lot in us as a people this year, calling us back to a place of renewal and restoration in our relationship with him, calling us to better, deeper places with him. Perhaps you, you've been not fully your back to God, but just partially, and as you begin to even turn a little more towards him, I want you to hear this, that his gaze is already upon you. He sees you beginning to move, or maybe some of you are looking to him now, and you're just taking those first few baby steps steps towards him. Be encouraged that the heart of our Father is one. His gaze is upon you. He sees, and he's drawing you back. And even as you take one step forward, like the Father in this story, he's ready to run to you and embrace you. That's the Father that you and I have. That's what, he, that's what you mean to him, that he would look, and as you even make one little step, he's ready to run towards you, embrace you, and bring you back home where you belong. Secondly, if you're taking notes, I want to remind all of us that our Father's heart is compassionate, that he cares, it says, while he was a long way off, we know he came, but it says he felt compassion. And because of his compassion, he ran and he embraced and kissed and hugged his son. For those of you today that need to hear this, I want you to hear this loud and clear. Your pain and suffering matters to dad. 
Your pain and suffering matters. We see first in this passage, his gaze is upon you, that you are not invisible. Maybe a teacher, a coach, a boss, a parent made you feel by how they spoke to you that you're invisible and your thoughts, your ideas, your dreams, your desires don't matter and you're just invisible, but your Father in heaven sees you and you are not invisible. But secondly, the reality is there's pain in life. And there's some today, right now, there's deep pain in your heart. And you need to hear this, that your father has a compassionate heart towards you. And your pain, your suffering matters deeply to him. That's why you're here. Maybe some of you are squirming in your seats even now. You're like, man, why are you calling this stuff out? I want to cry. I don't like the pain that's in me. You are in the right place. God wanted you here today because your pain matters. Because your suffering matters. And he's a compassionate God who wants to remove that pain. Isaiah 53, 5 says this, by his stripes and wounds, we are healed. And we're not just talking about physical healing. God is really good at healing broken hearts. He's really, really good at healing broken hearts. It's not impossible. He loves to heal broken hearts. Your dad in heaven is compassionate and your pain and your suffering matters to him, and he wants to make a difference, and he wants to eliminate that pain, that suffering in your life. Thirdly, if you're taking notes, our Father's aim is to restore. The goal, his aim, his desire is to restore you back into right relationship with him, to restore every broken place in your life. You are not a lost cause. But the Father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe. And put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. Maybe some of you, like me, in, in at least a season or seasons of your life, you can relate to the prodigal. Maybe you, like me, have done some not-so-good things, some foolish things that have brought pain to you. Maybe some of you here today, the pain that you're suffering with is self-inflicted. Maybe you've been a major source of your own pain. Maybe for some of you, it's been outside. But regardless, the, 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 the reality is this, that not only does your suffering matter to God, but you're not a lost cause. In this story, there's a son. He's been very foolish, right? He's young. His dad's good. He even says later, man, my dad's so good. He, he treats the servants really well, and I'm his dad. But he's impatient, perhaps like some of you. Maybe some of you have done this of late in your life. There's things that you long for and you have a hard time waiting on God. And so you have done what I've done in my past. And maybe you've decided, I'm taking things into my own hands. And I'm going to make happen what I need to happen now. So maybe some of you are in relationships that are unhealthy because I can't be alone. And so I'm going to make happen what I need to have happen. Or maybe some of you, every night before you go to bed, you can't handle the anxiety, the frustration in your life. So it's two or three glasses of wine rather than going to Father God to calm yourself and go to sleep at night. Maybe some of you, there's, been, there's such, been such angst since even a little child in your life that you like to be in control, and one way you're in control is your anger. And when you yell and when you scream, you feel better. Not, you, don't, you don't like the pain that it brings, but you feel better to know, okay, at least I'm in charge. At least I'm controlling this situation. And so like this son who, who whatever had dreams, could not wait for them, so he said, give it all to me now, dad, and then sought the pleasures of life to fulfill the desires of his heart. And of course, it didn't work out. 
But here's what I want you to see in this story, the aim of God, Father God's heart to restore. As he came back, having squandered everything, look what Father did. He said, get out the best robe. The son said, I've sinned before heaven and you, Dad. I am not worthy to be called your son any longer. I have, I have brought shame to your name, to our family name. Because his son says he squandered all in prostitutes. It's not even like he just, you know, tried to invest it. He was doing foolish things that would have brought shame to his family name. I don't deserve to be called your son. But just treat me as one of your servants. And the father brings a nice robe and puts it around him. And then he says, put a ring on his finger. That ring represents, it probably had the family insignia on it. It said, he's a part of us. Dad restored him back to his place as family. Where, where he felt like, I don't deserve to be son. Dad in those gestures saying, no, 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 you are my son. Now, dad didn't say, now you get back the 50% you, you know, blew away. But no, you still get back your place as my son. And I'm not going to treat you as servant. I'm going to treat you as son. Today, for some of you, in the choices you've made, you felt like, gosh, I've done all these things. Can I ever get restored as his daughter, as his son? Yes, you absolutely can. It is the aim. It is the desire of Father's heart to fully restore you back to a place where you can say, I cannot believe it, God. I don't deserve it but I'm called your son. I'm called your daughter. And the amazing thing about our heavenly father, because Jesus is speaking a parable, a story written to tell us principles about our father. But in reality, I get his inheritance. <laughs> the, the Bible says that, that, that I'm an heir to the throne of God. So to you, all who get restored back to right relation with father God, we're an heir to the throne of God. Our inheritance is bigger than anything Bill Gates or you put fill in the blank, could ever give you or I. It's eternal. You all know that everything that Bill Gates has one day is going to just, it's all going to, right? It's going to all fall apart. I mean, money is just money. It's just stuff, right? It's not going to last forever. A thousand years from now, no one's going to care how many computers you have, how much stuff you have, right? It's all gone. But yet the inheritance I have that you have is forever and ever and ever. There are riches and rewards waiting for me in heaven, not because of anything I've done, but because my dad has restored me and I am his son, and as his son, I can take that to the bank. I, can, I, I know that there's a place for me for all eternity that he set up just for me. So too for you. And he wants to restore you back to that relationship right here now, here on earth. I, I, I know that life is difficult, but I walk in confidence everywhere I go because I know who I belong to. And, and someone recently said this to me. It's, it's funny. Two or three people said, Pastor, some of the messages lately, they've been pretty intense. And, you know, don't hold back. Keep, keep doing that. And, and my response was, you know, I'm not trying to be arrogant. and not trying to offend anyone. But I really don't care what anyone thinks. Because, because, and I said it sincerely, not, not in arrogance, but because I know who I am in Jesus. And I know, I, I know I'm going to make mistakes, so I care about that. If I say something out of line, if I mess up, then, I, Lord, forgive me, you, you, that's not where you're leading us, and I know I blew it. But I know if Jesus puts something in my heart, if my dad says deliver this, then I'm just going to deliver it because, because I'm secure with him, so too for all of you. As Pastor Chris is talking about church in the park, with confidence, go to your neighbor, your friend, your loved one, and say, this is, I, I did this this last week. I was playing basketball at the Y, and I said to someone, hey, you got to bring your whole family to church in the park. 
And, and they're just sharing with you journey, and it's been a long time since they've been in any kind of church setting. So you got to come. It's our favorite day for the kids. You got kids. They're, they're going to go crazy. The only problem is they're going to want to think, do we get cotton candy every week at church? I mean, they're going to have a blast. But it's so much fun. Well, be bold. And don't, I mean, seriously, how many of you have ever been beaten or hit severely for telling someone that Jesus loves them? That doesn't really happen in the U.S., right? But our security, if you know, well, I belong to him, and I'm his son or his daughter, I got something pretty radical to share, pretty fantastic to share. And so I can with confidence say, I've got a gift for you, and I tell you, you're going to love it. So I encourage you to do the same. But the bottom line is this, you are not a lost cause. And the truth is, this is the truth. In the church, even in New Life Church, that many of you love this place, there are sons and daughters that come and they worship God with all their hearts. They give their tithes and offerings. They are faithful members of this family. But deep in the pit of their soul, there's, still, there's a part of them that believes they're a lost cause. I talked to someone this past week. They just said, you know, I'm, I'm 52 years old, and it's just some of the dreams I had younger, it's just too late. I won't get those dreams. I said, well, why? I mean, I, I know dad. He, he can do anything. And it's never too late. And so you need to hear it's his aim to restore and to restore you to the fullness of who he intended you to be since the beginning of time. And I know just the sad reality is there are many broken people in our church. We're all working towards a place of health and wholeness. But there are many because of your brokenness, of things, how you're raised, things you experience that when you look back, you just go, oh my gosh, I never dreamed I'd be in this place at this age and stage of life. I thought I'd be way far past this stuff. I didn't think this stuff would still affect me. I, you know, I, I hear certain things, things happen, and it's just still, I'm still back in this place as a five-year-old or as a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old. And yeah, on the outside, I'm 35, 45, whatever it is. But man, that stuff still drives me, this pain, this garbage. Well, Jesus is here to restore and to set free because it's the aim of the Father's heart. Lastly, if you're taking notes, our Father's heart celebrates us. And I felt this is really important for all of you today to know that you are celebrated by heaven, that you are treasured. We see the very end of this story that Jesus tells. It says this, it was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this brother of yours was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Heaven celebrates sons and daughters, not that are perfect. That, this story is not about, it's far from a perfect son or a perfect child. Heaven celebrates those who say, Dad, forgive me, I want to come back home. I want to encourage all of you this morning, in this passage, we looked at the Father's heart. His gaze is always upon you. He's looking at you. When you begin to even turn away from him, his gaze is still there, hoping at one moment that he'll look out the horizon and he'll see a son or daughter that's turned and coming back home. As you go off in the distance, his gaze is still there waiting for that son and daughter to say, you know what? I need to fully come back home. His gaze is upon us. He is a compassionate God who cares about every pain, every suffering in your heart and your soul. He's a God whose aim and desire is to restore you back to full, complete, healthy relationship with him and to restore you to the man or woman that God's called you to be, to live as that man or son or daughter, the, the dreams you had at 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old that God put right in your heart to restore you to that person if you're not living in the fullness of that. And then he celebrates those who turn back to him. In this passage, we see a son who squanders it all, like many of us have, who's decided, I want to be in charge, that life is better when I'm in control. See, a son who didn't trust the father and said, I want all of mine now. 
because I need it now and I want it now. Give it to me, dad. And so dad relented and said, okay, you be in control. And it all came to ruin. And the son, when he realized, says he came to himself. He woke up, he realized, oh my gosh, I want to eat pig slop right now. How do we get that? The Bible says this about some of us. When we just spin out of control and choose things other than what God has for us, it says, as the fool returns to vomit, so to, I mean, as the dog returns to vomit, so does the fool to his folly. You know, we, you've seen dogs do that. It's disgusting. Puke, and then they eat their own puke. It's nasty. It's horrible. And it says that's the fool. That's how they live. That they, they get further and further away from the, the intent that God has for them, and they begin to delve into sinful choices to feel better about themselves. And it says the fool, the person that keeps going back to that well, is likened to a dog that returns to his vomit. And God says this, the way out is to be like the prodigal son who realizes, oh my gosh, I am at such, he woke up, he realized, I want something disgusting to fill my belly. I, I'm so messed up, I wanna share pig slop with the pigs. What is wrong with me? He realizes, wait a minute, dad takes care of servants better than these pigs. And I'm feeding the pigs and I'm not being fed myself. I want to go back home, but here's what he does. He realizes the truth, and he says, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to dad and say, dad, I know what I did. Before heaven, not just you, dad, before heaven and you, I have sinned, and I don't deserve a thing. Please, just embrace me better than a pig. Embrace me like you do your servants. So there's some here that, that maybe what has happened is you've just been wounded by life, and perhaps by uh, an authority figure, a parent, a mom, a dad, or someone, you, like the son, have, have began to find yourself near the pig trough where things are just like, what the heck is going on? It's really simple today. Just turn to him. Just say, Dad, I know I don't deserve to be called son or daughter, but you love, you love to call me son or daughter. So cleanse me, heal me, forgive me, embrace me, and teach me what it is to embrace you once again. I'm going to ask Armando and the worship team to uh, come up right now. And uh, what I want to do is this. I want to lead us to a place of healing, of uh, healing our hearts, of just telling dad our need for him. Now, I don't want to suppose for any of you that you are uh, in a place that, okay, yeah, there's some big wound with your father. I, maybe like me, you're blessed. I wrote on Facebook this morning, I got two amazing dads. You know, my parents got divorced. I have a dad, who, my biological father, Dale Sr., who I visited this past week and had an awesome dinner with on a Thursday night. We had a great time together, and just it's great to see God restore relationships. And my dad and I have a great relationship. And then I've got a stepfather who raised me here in Santa Barbara since uh, fifth grade, who I love dearly. And so I don't face it this morning. I'm crazy blessed. I'm one of the rare ones that even in the middle of all that, I have two dads, uh, two that love me. So I'm not, I don't want to suppose that you're walking here like, oh man, this message is not for me. I got a great dad. No, it's still for you because your father in heaven wants everything for you. And if you, and if you want all that dad has for you, I want you to respond to him. So our mind and the team are leading us in two songs. One's called No Sweeter Name and it speaks of just the name of Jesus because that's the name that we need to cry out when we're in a place of woundedness or healing or we want the fullness of all that God has for us. And the second song is, just reminds us of one of our dad's names. It's Yahweh, it means I am that I am. I am the one that you need. And the song speaks about just looking to him. And so these next couple of songs, I wanna encourage us to look to dad. And I wanna give you real freedom to respond however 
Father is calling you to respond. As I was praying yesterday, I saw this. I'm not saying it was happening. It was like a prediction of the future. But what I saw in my heart was people just coming to him, literally coming to the altar and just kneeling before dad and just saying, dad, forgive me for wanting things other than you. And I want to just embrace you again. I want you to be with me. I want you to be my sole heart provider. And so perhaps that might be the response for some of you. And so these next couple of songs, if you want to just literally kneel before the Lord and use this as a, a representation of coming to the altar, coming to the presence of God, then feel free to do that. If you need to sit where you're at, if you need to stand, if you need to lay down somewhere in a corner and just be with Jesus, be with him. This is a safe place. But I just want to remind you, he is here. And that he's looking at you. And you matter. That he's, he's looking at what's going on inside your heart and he sees it. That he knows every place that's wounded and he, he's here to heal it right now. But like the father in this story, he will not force himself into that situation. He gives us freedom. And so if you want him to take that pain and do something beautiful with it, let him into that place. His aim is to restore. No better place than to sit at the father's feet and say, just make me again the son that I've always wanted to be. Restore to me the, the place of being a daughter that's fully yours. And then know this, as we respond, however dad asks us to respond, he'll celebrate you. Today heaven will say, well done, son. Well done, daughter. I know there's probably some here that have rarely been celebrated. You've rarely had someone just say, you're awesome. You are incredible. You've done well. But here Father Day say, son, daughter, just come to me and we will throw a party in heaven like you've never seen before as heaven celebrates you. So let's just do right business with dad right now as our model team lead us. Just however God leads you, spend some time with him. And then after these couple of songs, I'll come up and pray for us this morning as we close.